Meadowwatch. Last time on Meadowwatch, our hunky, sultry hero, Mitch, was about to cross paths with his true love, the beautiful Colin. Welcome to Metabots on this week, and hope you have a great time. Does that feel like a like a uh, like a soap opera intro? I'm romanced. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this after uh, what two weeks ago with the um, with the idol intro, uh, which no one has said anything about. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to, but I was like, I didn't want to blow up your spot. Um, feel um, free to edit this out, but we all know you hate idols because you used to be an idol. <laughs> you found my secret. Uh, yes, please tell me how awful that intro is. Don't just leave it hanging like a like an invisible elephant in the room. Uh, <laughs> proof that, I, I don't know, when we don't get any more listens to the show, that's what I'll know. Uh, <laughs> um... Um, we got or it could just be that people haven't listened to the second episode yet because uh, we released two in one week because, you know, uh, re- release issues, but whatever. Uh. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, peeking uh, pe- behind the curtain right now, I go back and re-listen to the episode to find out, you know, what I should gif for MetaWatch. Yeah. I try to yeah, grab yeah, some yeah. ahead of time, but it's, it's the re-listen. Uh, one gets me to listen to the podcast. Um, so I'm one of the, you know, like the four people who listen and two. So like <laughs> whatever we laugh at is what I give a lot of times. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I had to go back through and I was behind on my podcasting listening. And then I had to go and listen to three episodes of Meta Watch in a row to start giving stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I'm running behind. Okay. That's fine. But we're getting there. Uh, there's a lot of good things to clip from these episodes. Oh man! Uh, yeah, the, these two episodes. Ooh, we are definitely hitting the end of Metabots because the animation is very good. Uh, Colin, I think these might be two of the best episodes of Metabots we've watched in the same episode of MetaWatch. Like it's uh, th- these these two episodes are very very good. Uh, the second episode is we're you know we're going back to Gundam Town, baby. It's it's Metabot Zeta uh, in that second episode. Uh, the first episode is a good, sweet episode, but there's just there's one kind of glaring plot point uh, that just kind of makes me uncomfortable. It's not bad. The show doesn't do anything gross with it, but it still just is like uh, it, it makes me feel like they they should have changed some of the fundamental like workings of the show. But uh, we'll get into it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The second episode, uh, obviously, we'll get to it. Uh, is maybe the second best episode of Metabots. Yeah. I, if you, <laughs> I'm excited. If you told me that the second episode, the second episode that we're going to cover is like their pitch to move on to production IG, I would believe it. Uh. <laughs> um, episode 47 is a date with destiny or the yeah. boy from the North. Yeah. Um, we start off in, uh, inside of Dr. Aki's lab where they are doing this intense, like, multi-scan of Similodon uh, to figure out how he was able to use the metaphors. Uh, and the tests just come up completely inconclusive. It's just, it's a mystery. But uh, Aki wants to figure it out and just will not stop staring over, uh, you know, Similodon's parts and metal and tin pet and everything to figure it out. Yeah, the initial scan is like Similodon's like head and it scans down and then it's less and less of the body until it's just the tin pet. That's a cool yeah. look. Yeah. 
I was real excited. I was I was hoping we might get some um like more metabot lore. Uh yeah, none none of that. No, just just going to look at Aki just scanning things over and over again. But uh, <laughs> we do get Koji worried about uh Smilodon and asking yeah. if Smilodon's going to be okay. Like yeah. actual care here. Yeah, like Smilodon, like it definitely feels like Aki just wants to find out how Smilodon used the metaphors without a rare metal. Whereas, like you know, Koji's actually worried if this is a symptom of a greater problem or or something else. Uh, he doesn't care about power; he only wants to care for his friend, and that's very nice. Um, I I'm just really excited to talk about this next scene. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, well no no because it's you know this yeah it, it is kinda, this scene's kind of thin. Yeah, we do cut over to uh, uh not Gil girl in a Chong Sam dress, which I feel like is the point where uh the show is really like uh, before I was like yeah it's probably a different character and then she's suddenly wearing the same dress that we saw Gil girl wear when she was like revealing her identity and it's like okay all right. These are the, the rubber robos are in charge of the Metabots Corporation. This this basically confirms it. Uh, and she's praising Victor for getting to the semifinals um, and telling him if he can't win, uh, if he can't get them the rare metal they want, uh, they'll make sure that he never row battles ever again. <laughs> we get a completely different scene in the sub. Okay. So in the dub, the table is just black, but that's yeah. because it's a bad sensor job. And these two are just <laughs> sitting still for the entire conversation because that's not what happens in the sub. So she pours a shot glass uh, into a shot glass, this red alcohol, and she spins the table because it's uh, a turntop table over mm-hmm. to Victor. And he's, it stops right in front of him. And, you know, they're having big, grandiose villain discussions, and he spins it back. Yeah. And asks what her true intentions are. So she just grabs the table and spins it as hard as she can. And the drink just goes around and around and around as the camera zooms <laughs> up. And she goes... We'll turn it around the whole world. Okay. That's such a good bit. Yeah, that's really good. And obviously, <laughs> we can see why that didn't work in the dub. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's wild. Uh, <laughs> um, our next our next bit is uh, we cut over to what's going to be the main plot of this episode. Um, Arika is on the hunt in the woods to get the scoop on Team Iceland, as she has been wont to do with most of the other teams. Um, she's been told that they train uh, up over uh, a ridge that she points at. She's out here with Icky and Metabi and Brass. Um, and uh, we cut over to the other side of that that ridge, where uh, there's a mountain river. Uh, and, uh, you know, two members of Team Iceland are training with their aquatic merman metabots. Uh, they're, they're performing some kind of, like, triangle attack. Uh, they've got a raft in the river. They're jumping out. It's doing crazy stuff. Uh, it's, you know, it's a good old time. Um, and then uh, Rika comes and interrupts them to get an interview. And it turns out they're, you know... They're a couple of pleasant guys. They're more than happy to give an interview to the local school paper. <laughs> so we get um, we get the names in the sub. It's the KNG type Abyss Grater, which is this like cool squid head and arms, and it's got like shark tail. Um, yeah, I love the design. Oliver, uh, my son's favorite animals are squid and octopi, so I'm a little biased towards them right now. But like, yeah, it's a cool look. And then yeah. uh, we have the KIL type Marine Killer show up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in the, uh, we will, we will soon find out the name of, of the Marine killer. Uh, we don't find out the names for the other two later on. Uh, but you know, a lot less intense, uh, (laughs) Abyss greater and Marine killer. Like those are great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so these Iceland dudes are just going, Oh, Hey, you know, 
you guys are nice. Oh, hey, you're icky. You know, I really like your battling style. We've been watching you. Like, we're really impressed at how far you've come. Yeah. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Icky, you better be even kind of like gush over it for a minute until Erika tells them to shut up uh, so that she can, you know, continue to interview them. Uh, she's not here to talk about Icky. She's here to talk about Team Iceland. And she asks where their team leader is. And uh, they say, oh, yeah, his name is Belmont. Uh, he just left with a shovel. He must be up to his old tricks, which is confusing, until a geyser immediately explodes out in the distance. And we see a beautiful blonde boy who has found a hot spring. <laughs> his name is Bermit in the sub, which I don't like. I'm going <laughs> to I'll go with Belmont. That's a fun name. Um, but yeah. they just go, oh, yeah, well, he's a real weirdo. <laughs> and they just keep calling him a weirdo the entire episode. Yeah. Which I love. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I guess he just loves hot springs. And, uh, yeah, we immediately cut over to, uh, yeah, all the boys are naked in the hot spring while Arika and the Metabots hang out on the side of the pool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they're just having a nice relaxing time in here. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, Iceland is well known for having natural hot springs. I, I guess they have a hot spring culture just like Sweden and Japan and a bunch of other countries do. From my understanding, yeah. Yeah. No snow here for the hot springs, which is a bummer, though. <laughs> oh, well, uh, we are in somewhere in Japan. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know what time of year it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess it's summer. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, the last time they um, <laughs> mentioned the month, I thought it was November. <laughs> yeah. But I don't oh, wait. know. Yeah, I also, I'm sorry, I skipped over the boys and uh, the, the lead merman introducing themselves. Uh, the, the other two boys are Hakla and Batona, and then uh, Belmont's uh, metabot is Orkramar in, in the dub. Which is still, it's, it's good, but it also still reminds me of Ogramar in uh, World of Warcraft a little too much. Uh, or Warcraft, I guess, is the thing I'm old enough to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, like, I get what they're going with, but it's no marine killer. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can't say kill in a children's television show in the 2000s, but oh well. Uh, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the, the Iceland boys, uh, let slip that, oh, this is so relaxing after being, uh, at sea for months, uh, which I guess they let slip that they, that raft they have is, uh, how they got here. They traveled from Iceland to Japan in that little dinghy, basically. Um, and they did it all so that their aquatic metabots could have more time to train in the water, which seems kind of extreme. They could have flown here and had equal as much time to train in the water. <laughs> also, um... You know, I don't know if uh, you know our listeners know much about Iceland. Um, it's very far away from Japan. <laughs> yeah, Iceland's by Greenland. It's kind of north of you know. I mean everything, but like they they have to go through the Arctic Circle and then yeah, back and down. Through... You know, in the year two thousand, uh, when this came out, or two thousand and one, or whatever. Um, the you know there was no. Uh, I guess there there was a a kind of northwest passage that theoretically you could take, um, but you would need like uh, you know uh, ships to go ahead of you to break the ice up and that kind of thing, especially for a tiny rickety little wooden raft like this. Uh, not a good time. So do you think they went? Maybe maybe in. Do you think they went through uh, like Canada and then down past Alaska, or do you think they went around Siberia? <laughs> Um, I because th- they're circumnavigating. If they, if they travel the by boat, the ho- 
if they tr- if they traveled by boat the whole way, I think the fastest way would actually be via the Panama Canal because Iceland is pretty close to North America, and the Panama Canal at least lets you cut out all of South Africa or South America. I don't think I guess technically they could go through the Mediterranean to the Suez Canal and then get into the Indian Ocean that way, um, but it's got to be one or the other. Uh, <laughs> Iceland and Japan are on the opposite sides of the planet and in yeah. very different parts of like latitude. <laughs> so it's like, what are you doing? Um, just well, fly. Here's the other thing plane. that I can pitch. You, uh, here's the other thing I can pitch you on. Uh, the world of metabots is a libertarian hellscape. As we like to say, um, maybe the ice caps are just completely melted. And so they just sailed boop right across. No problem. I, I get it. Climate change is uh very important. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. you're, you're not a big, <laughs> into climate change colin but like i believe in it and i know you know i like to talk about climate yeah (laughs) you like to have climate talks when i can perhaps in a commonwealth uh so this is uh you know uh, they're having a good time talking about how how well they like to train with their their metabots and this is when belmont starts to talk about oh hey is everybody hungry uh i can start making dinner i'll cook some some i'll grill up some fish for the whole team and uh, Arika is is surprised at that, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, you know, I got to take care of my team. I got to make sure they're well fed. It's my responsibility as team leader." Uh, and uh, you know, she's just really surprised at how kind of like laid back he is about anything. He's not nervous about uh, um, about the fight up against Victor, despite Victor being the kind of like top contender. And he just says, you know, my attitude is to approach it like any other row battle. Uh, training your mind is as important as training your body. You know. Just, you know, one day at a time. You can't let yourself stress out. If you if you stress out about one row battle, you should stress out about all row battles. And he's not going to stress himself out. So, yeah. Uh, the way he describes <laughs> it in uh, in the sub is, uh, he goes, it's not that I'm not training. It's more like I'm holding back before a fight. I try to call my spirit so that I'm ready to fight on top condition. It's a type of mental training. And then yeah. his buddies go, nah, you just like hot springs and just enjoy taking care of us because you care. <laughs> And then they all just laugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, these guys seem great. I love these guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this entire time. Um, so Arika just keeps staring at uh, Belmont. Oh, you, you know, he's a pretty boy type. I, I get it. Um, but uh, yeah. she keeps staring at him. And then like he keeps saying stuff. And it's like, oh, this guy, you know, he cares about people, blah, blah, blah. And I keep waiting for him. To have his heel turn. Ah, no, he's secretly evil this whole time. So I just keep watching. And then they keep showing clips of this guy kind of turning his head and smiling. So I'm like, ah, ah, he's evil. Yeah. And spoilers, that shit never allowed drops. One, we're, <laughs> she just we're likes allowed him. one perfect boy, Mitch. <laughs> he, he's just the opposite of Icky, I think. He's composed. Yeah. He's, he's outwardly he's, caring. Yeah. He takes care of people. Yeah. He's not fueled He's by anxiety. <laughs> yeah. He knows how to take care of his own mental health and not take it out on other people. <laughs> and he's got a caring, loving uh, relationship with his metabot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it Which helps, makes you know, sense why. A... <laughs> I mean, yeah. He, he He's the opposite of Icky. <laughs> Uh, it does explain why Arika is so, like, incredulous about him, like, not getting emotional about this match, too. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, um, so he does goes, start to make teen eyes at her, though, and I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's her age. 
the, this he, is the thing that I'm like, not sold. He's on. like, he's like ten, which is makes him <sighs> like like a year older than Arika at this point in time. I think. Like that's I don't. Uh, they never if they mention his age explicitly in the sub, then God, I wish they would have done that in the dub because like. <sighs> They they don't ever say his his age in the dub. They don't ever they don't really say anybody's age in the dub. Um, but the fact that he is like, and we we see it better in future scenes. The fact that he's like almost double Arika's height makes me think there's no way he's not several years older than her. He's and not, especially given that like he's not that much taller than her. Oh yeah, he is. Oh yeah, he her like uh like her head comes up to like his stomach. Like, maybe, like, above his waist, but, like, he is significantly taller than her. I thought she was, uh, closer to his height. I knew he was a little taller. Oh. No, um, he just... Like, like, yeah. They they don't specifically say how old he is, but they always refer to him as a little kid. Yeah. Like, I would, I would buy him being, like, middle school-aged, uh, or, like, you know, 13, maybe, 12 or 13, something like that. And then, like, Arika and uh, uh, Icky are, like, 8 or 9 or whatever. But, like, yeah. I don't know. There's just something about that yeah. that really, like, icks me out. Because, like, like Icky and Arika are very much coded as children. Mm-hmm. And this guy is very much coded as, like, an adolescent. Even of even if he's a young adolescent. Yeah, And that's, that's just kind of, like, I, yeah, I, I wish they would have just... I wish they would have just made uh, Icky and everybody like middle schoolers or something, uh, because I get that you know they're they're leaning on a lot of shojo tropes, and so you want your romantic male lead to be taller than like your your female romantic lead. But just like uh, uh, ooh, this is a little too messy for me right now. Uh, yeah, see, <laughs> I dude, I love just like yeah. I, I took it as maybe like a year older than Avrika this entire time because I, I I didn't see a huge height yeah. difference between the two. Um, Maturity wise, sure, but everyone else in Icky's class, other than the screws, are very mature for eight year olds as it is. It's just <laughs> Arika hangs out with the dummies by default. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, depending on his age, this episode is, you know, on the cutesy side versus on the very, very creepy side. Yeah. And, and like, to be fair, like, like we we definitely get some we get some shipping in this episode like this is an ex- is an explicitly like romantic episode but like it's not as it's it is a lot more kind of like innocent and and like you know it's not as weird as really like it should be making me feel when we had episodes of like Sam like thirsting after a guy who is clearly like 16 or 17 <laughs> yeah yeah and at least Belmont's not that guy or his height, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're doing better. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we were at, uh, shit, where are we at? Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, uh, like, Arika's, like, having these thoughts about, like, oh, I can't believe that he has, uh, you know, uh, he's he's in control of his emotions and he's not just flying off the handle like uh, Icky is all the time. How could, That means he's not serious about the uh, the match. He's just over there doing his team's laundry. And then Brass goes over to help him do the laundry because Brass is nice and he's also nice and they're going to do laundry together and it rules. Except there's an explosion. Uh, the hot spring weakened the cliffside apparently and two boulders come tumbling down towards Orkramar. Uh, in the sub, they explicitly say it's uh, Marine Killer was uh, practicing one of his moves and uh, pushed himself too hard. Uh, uh, 
well. Um, Belmont springs into action uh, and commands Marine Killer out of the way of the first one, but uh, the second one's going to be too close, and so he dives in and saves Orkramar, uh, just like body tackles him, and they both narrowly uh, uh, miss. They get splashed in some water. He gets a little soaked, but it's all fine. Everybody's okay. This so, boy's perfect. He's a perfect, beautiful boy. <laughs> so he, he tells him to dodge right underneath that boulder. He goes, dodge 28, uh, 20.8 degrees to your left instead of take two steps back or something, you know? So yeah, I was like, oh, uh, well, if, he, if he dodged to the right, he would have missed both of them. Uh. And then so to save him, he runs, jumps, kicks off that first boulder and dives and tackles him. Uh. And then like, oh, Arika's okay. all starry eyed. It's like, ah, so again, I'm like, nobody's kind and nice. Especially not in this anime. <laughs> Something is up. So I thought, you know, um, he's trying to show oh. off. So Arika, you know, falls for him so he can manipulate Arika. Yeah. So I'm like, this dude's so ballsy putting his metabot on the line and then his life just to impress this young girl. But, um... Or is he so nice that he's bleeding over and trying to become the protagonist of the show without realizing it? Because our next scene has him sta- st- uh, stargazing up into the heavens and Hold he on. gets an internal monologue. Yeah. <laughs> right before uh, right before we get to that scene. Uh, so he saves Marine Killer, who starts apologizing. And he goes, no, 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 and puts his hand on his shoulder. He goes, don't push your so- yourself so hard during training. We're in this together, you and I, until the very end. Oh, yeah. So it's like, all right, yeah, maybe he's genuinely a good person. I don't like it. Yeah, he loves his friends. <laughs> you know, Iki and Medibi oh, would man. be screaming at uh, each other for 30 minutes if one of them saved the other. <laughs> yeah, um, the stargazing scene is very good. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's staring at some stars talking about how, you know, stars change from Iceland to Japan and around the world. But, you know, they always look beautiful. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, Arika kind of like makes her, climbs up the rock to kind of like talk to him. Uh, and we get chicken seller theme dot, chicken seller theme dot MP3 playing as he asks her to sit down with him and, uh, answer some, some questions so that they can become friends. Uh, because every, every place he goes to, he tries to make at least one friend there because one day when he, uh, after the tournament's over, he's going to head back to Iceland and he's going to throw a party right outside of Reykjavik, uh, out in a nice little place in the woods that he knows. And he's going invite, to invite all of his friends from all over the world there. Uh, so everyone can have a good time together. And then he continues to make romantic teen face, <laughs> which, uh, so in the sub he goes, um, he doesn't say anything. He's just staring at stars as she pops up and he's like, Oh, the stars are pretty. And he goes, you know, I've battled people all over the world and I make friends with all of them. I want as many friends as stars in the sky. And then one day I'm going to battle aliens. And then Arika freaks out because she loves aliens. Remember? She was a yeah. tabloid writer <laughs> originally. So she she's just yeah, freaking yeah, out. Yeah. And like she's all starry eyed and he goes, Yeah, you know, I I really do believe in aliens. I see them. She goes, You see you've seen UFOs. He goes, Yeah, it's like two or three times a week back in Iceland, they're all over. You should come visit sometime. And she's just freaking out. And then he gives her romantic eyes. To which That, that would have been much better. Uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to which um you know, she freaks out and is embarrassed. And she's like, I need to go find brass for some reason. Um, and that's when she falls down the rocks. Yeah. 
and he dives in yet again uh, and kind of like slides in to keep her from going in the water. But he is again gotten wet they have a nice laugh about it it's a good time though what a I, what a beautiful perfect be- uh, boy belmont is i guess you could say she uh fell for him i guess you could say she fell for him i'll say it again i don't i don't have pride <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh here's where the other shoe's gonna drop mitch uh belmont isn't evil Instead, he gets a fever. Yeah, he's dying. He's gonna die, Mitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Arika comes to, like, you know, say hey to the team again the next day, and uh, everyone's inside the tent on the raft, and, like, they're doing, you know, they're trying to get him in and out of uh, sleeping bags. They've got a rag on his head. Uh, he is doing bad, it looks like. Um, <laughs> so they mention uh, he's got a 39 degree Celsius fever. And I'm like, I mean, that's a little warm. That's like 101, 102 degrees. Yeah. All right. So the guy got a little hot. He's fine. But he he keeps passing out the entire episode. He says two words and passes out. Uh, The one thing that I do want to pass on to our listeners, uh, they use the the classic uh, anime wives tale of uh, I got to, uh, you know, I got wet too much. It made me get cold and that's why I have a fever. That isn't why you get fevers. That's never why you get fevers. Um, who knows why he got a fever? Maybe he hasn't, maybe he hasn't been eating well. Maybe their diet of all fish has yeah. left him malnutritious and, and, uh, uh, yeah, and like made his immune system not work too well. Um, it maybe if he's been, you know, just kind of constantly like soaked in water and cold. Sure, maybe it would like turn his immune system down. But like the bigger thing with that is like you're going to get hypothermia before you get a fever that way. Uh, it's more likely that he probably had like one. This is like a like a uh, and kind of like an un like filtered stream this is just a wild stream or something it very it's very clear they're kind of like in a slow part that probably like has a lot of algae and stuff growing in it maybe some parasites he probably has gotten like a cut or two on his body and just like got infected that way uh (laughs) it also could very easily be if they did sail here around the world (laughs) he put his body through so much stress Uh, he's just straight up dying did he get all of his vaccinations before they left? Who knows? Uh, Probably not. He's not worried about vaccinations. You can't make friends with vaccinations. <laughs> uh, um, so he's, but yeah, he's uh, he's dying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, his team goes. Oh, you know, you know, he's been under so much pressure, so much stress, all this stuff. Marine Killer goes. It's my fault. He fell into the water to save me, and that's why he has a fever now. And then Arika remembers yeah. his soaking wet body from the night before and goes, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is when he's like, oh, no, don't worry. It's not anybody's fault. I'm just sick. That's all. And then passes out and they have to take him to the hospital. <laughs> it was Arika's idea to take him to the hospital in the sub. Like these these that, two idiots are is, like, yeah. I don't know. This this little boy's dying. I don't know what to do. She goes, we need to go to the hospital. He's like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. You can oh, tell man. why this child uh, is their leader. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Icky and Metavi show up at the hospital. Everybody's kind of hanging out in the um, 
in the lobby while he's being well uh belmont's being treated they make sure everything's all right and they're you know talking like oh you know if if he can't fight tomorrow then uh they'll have they'll be disqualified and kenya will win uh and arika immediately gets mad it's like we shouldn't be concerned about winning we should be concerned about his health and like icky and metabi are for once empathetic and be like yeah you're right we're sorry like you know we just wanted to we wanted to be healthy and get better too um and uh like the whole team kind of comes up with like yeah if if belmont can't fight we're not fighting without him he's he's you know the core of the team he's part of our team (laughs) um iggy doesn't mention winning or losing other than the fact that um he's worried that a forfeit would make him lose his medal other than that he's he's at his first question is how is he doing how's he feeling how are you arika and i'm sitting here going yeah is this is this our icky who we've watched for so many episodes now not a not a hint of jealousy that the attention's on somebody else or more specifically Arika's uh attention like he's this is the best we've seen icky this entire series just yeah i mean he's he finally has a good role model <laughs> i guess he's the next <laughs> belmont the problem is the problem is he's not fighting Dracula. He's fighting a fever and you can't find a f- fight a fever with chicken. You find in walls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we get some, yeah, we get some uh, good lines when, uh, Arika goes to see him inside of the, uh, uh, no, sorry. Belmont steps out and is nearly yeah, passing yeah, yeah. out. He comes out. He's like very clearly about to die. Uh, <laughs> and, um, oh, we do get, uh, well, well, we do get before, before he comes out, we do get the very, very good line from the, uh, the other two team Iceland members of saying, could you imagine a team Japan without Icky? And which is just hilarious <laughs> because they do have to imagine a team Japan without space metafighter X literally every episode. <laughs> um, so he, uh, Belmont comes out, uh, is bracing himself against the wall. And Arika's teary-eyed and going, you can't fight like this, not in this condition. And he goes, they're waiting yeah. for us. And he's like, tomorrow, yeah. Victor, the stage, the world's waiting for us. And then she goes, you can't, you can't <laughs> fight, you'll die. And he goes, I have to, I'm a meta fighter. Yeah. And I'm like, in in the dub at least, in the dub at least, he says, they gave me fluids and some medication and the doctor said, I'm fine to fight. <laughs> yeah, he goes, I just pulled out my IV, I'm okay. And he's not. He's yeah. He's clearly still anime dying. Yeah, it's you know, uh, libertarian hellscape. The doctor gave him an IV and a Z pack, and he's like, "There you go, kid." I mean, <laughs> you're saying that. That's that's how it is here in America right now, currently. Yeah, th- that is true. Yeah, I, uh, he's uh, gonna be like CM Punk and shit himself in the middle of a match. Uh, <laughs> I went to a uh, I went to a doctor. I have a heart condition. And I was having. Uh, an episode so i go to the doctor i'm in the er for uh almost a full day uh hooked up to stuff and eventually when i do see a doctor about six hours after i showed up to the er they gave me an extra strength aspirin and just tell me to hang out for a while it took me so long to pay (laughs) off that medical debt and and i had insurance so i believe this out of out of the country guy just yeah here's an iv i mean it's water but you know you're not (laughs) I put some table salt in it. Don't worry. <laughs> Look, I know you need electrolytes. I'm a doctor. I just poured some Powerade into this IV bag. You're fine, dude. Yeah. You look like you're... you're we keep it... We Yeah. You look like you you're You know, good. we keep it in a... Uh, we, we keep it in, in powder just to go whenever we need it. Just some tap water and some, some Powerade. 
<laughs> no, we'll only charge you a couple thousand dollars for this. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, now this is going awfully fast. The Arika caring about this boy she just met. But again, yeah, the boys she hangs out with usually are Spike, uh, Sloan, <laughs> uh, Koji, and Icky. So she doesn't really have too many, you know, dudes around her that she can fall for. <laughs> and unfortunately, that means she'll fall for the first boy that, you know, talks to her about aliens. <laughs> Which is, I mean, understandable. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I mean, when, when your best friend, Icky Tenryo, just constantly, like, you know, uh like gives you shit about your belief in aliens existing uh and tries to you know uh our atheism his way to get you to not believe in aliens uh it's nice to be validated uh <laughs> um but uh arika leaves promising she's going to take care of this personally yeah. it's like wow okay arika <laughs> you're you're doing all this for them but i mean i guess she did make an inflatable balloon for space metafighter x yeah all right okay she's well, it's also like yeah. Also, like, she's she's also seen, like, I feel like anything else that she, like, could try to do other than what she's about to do are things that they've tried in the wake of Space Metafighter X not showing up that just flat out haven't worked. Uh, you know, like, uh, she tried to go to, like, the, um, uh, uh, the, the, the championship, like, you know, of, 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 like administration to get them to delay a match or she's seen Aki do it and it didn't work. So like this really is the only Avenue they haven't tried is going to Victor himself and getting him to agree to postpone the match. Can I, uh, and Victor's guards are about to throw her out for it. <laughs> can I just say for the briefest moments, I thought she was going to go buy a blonde wig. <laughs> she was going <laughs> to impersonate <laughs> Belmont during the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've kind of like, uh, oh man, like the this would be the one episode that I would think that Arika would actually ask Brass to fight. Uh, is is to do this, but also I'm kind of glad that she didn't. Like fighting is ne like Arika's a smart girl. She she understands that fighting doesn't solve everything, and she's going to try and solve things the intelligent way, uh, like a reporter does. Yeah. Um, Diplomacy she's gonna and find where the leverage is, and she, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, she's like begging to get in and they're about to throw her out. But, uh, uh, you know, Victor comes to the door and she kind of like bursts through to, to ask Victor to tell him that, uh, you know, uh, Belmont's has a fever. Uh, you know, he's not going to be in his best form for the fight. Uh, please postpone the match so that you can get the best fight that you can out of him. Uh, and he replies that a meta fighter who can't maintain his own health is lost before he's, uh, before he's begun. Um, and he's about to leave back into his room until he sees Arika drop to her knees in sadness, and he stops for a second, and she tells him that, you know, Belmont's not sick of his own volition or fault, he's sick because of her, because because she did something. And you kind of get this, this like, you know, sense of, of wavering from Victor, and he just kind of quietly says that he cannot fulfill her request, and heads back into his room. Uh... This is good shit. <laughs> I love it. Um, so he goes, uh, when she goes, uh, the team leader Iceland has a fever. And he goes, so? <laughs> so <laughs> so cold-heartedly. <laughs> and then um, when she's asking to postpone it, he goes, I want, and she catches herself and goes, I want him to fight in top condition. And then as she's begging, 
He's like, you know, he has a fever because yeah. of me. That pause is so much quicker in in the sub. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> and shuts the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm starting to really like Victor. This is the episode yeah. that did it. <laughs> I still really wish they would have gotten a different voice actor for him, but yeah. like, yeah, like it, this, this and the next episode. Yeah. We are the good Victor episodes. I'm now on board for team Victor. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, I still wish oh, he wasn't as shitty, but like now I understand why he's shitty yeah. and kind of like it. Yeah. Uh, God. Outside the hotel, though, uh, Arika tells uh, Brass they, they can't let uh, Orkramar lose his medal. They've got to make sure um, uh, that they can do something about this. And she kind of heads off, uh, and Brass is left behind for a second, where she sees War Bandit step out of the bushes, uh, who kind of beckons her over because he has something that he needs to tell her. Um, and we don't find out though it is because we immediately cut over to the hospital. Hold on. So, uh, any, in the, any, any, yeah, is there differences? Please tell me (laughs) in the sub, there are no words said as brass and Morbonnet meet eyes in the dark. And for a moment there, I'm like, okay, Arik is not going to pretend to be Belmont. Maybe brass is going to pretend to be Warbon. (laughs) Because someone's got to pretend to be someone else in this episode. That's what this tournament arc is all about. So I was like, I mean, Mitch, Brass? Mitch, are you sure what you what you meant to say is uh, and in that moment they both understood everything? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I do miss that. Um, but that's essentially what does happen. They meet eyes and then they do understand yeah. everything. Unfortunately, yeah. This they send an SMS back. <laughs> they use the infrared link. <laughs> They've invented that for Game Boys at this point, I think. Uh, <laughs> They pull out their link cables and hook it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, we, I guess uh, we're back in the yeah. hospital now, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Brass is, is in the room. Uh, so that, that meeting must've gone quickly. Um, and, uh, you know, Belmont's telling Erika that, uh, visiting hours are going to end soon, but she'll, she'll have, she'll only leave if she gets kicked out. And, uh, you know, she t- tells Belmont she tried everything she could to stop the match. Um, but, uh, Belmont still won't give up. Uh, he's, he's not going to let his team down. He's got to (laughs) fight. I mean, he is a young dude and it is theoretically just a fever and he's been in the hospital for two days. He should be fine (laughs) unless he had some, you know, underlying health (laughs) conditions or he's lying about how sick he is. But like, yeah, 102 degree fever at, for an adolescent boy, shouldn't be too hard to shake off in a day or two. Yeah. Especially, well, I mean, getting fluids this is medicine, probably, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, uh, also to your point of the, you know, they were at sea for two months. Like, this is probably like a staph infection or something. Like, you know, you can, you can get some pretty <laughs> serious, like, blood infections and stuff if you're just out in the middle of nowhere on, like, rough shod like you know logs and then playing out in the wilderness and like not washing your feet all the time or whatever god knows if they're actually boiling their water or not like yeah it makes sense that he's on death's door Um, like this is why hygiene happens and this is a a nebulously 10 to 14 year old boy with nebulously 14 to 18 year old boys (laughs) arika finally found a nice boy to talk to and he's got scurvy (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it turns out all his teeth have fallen out. Like, 
Oh. <laughs> um, so in, in the sub, he's like, you know, thank you. Your feelings alone give me the strength to fight Victor. I was like, no, okay, hold on. Pull it back a bit. Yeah. I know Arika's great. You just met her and then nearly died. Um, yeah. Uh, and then she goes, but. Yeah, doesn't, yeah, doesn't she. Re- oh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, she goes, but. And he goes, no, you're my friend, my precious friend. And then she just starts crying and then, like, lays on his chest yeah. and he hugs her. Yeah. I think I think one of the lines we get from Arika in the dub is how, like, uh, you know, she, she does the, the classic uh, kind of, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, uh, she plays chicken with him a bit and is like, you know, uh, if you fight, I'll never be your friend, uh, you know, because you you won't survive the match and then no one can be kind of thing. Like, she's really trying to, like, you know, get him to not go to this fight so that, you know, he can preserve his health. It's better for them to be friends later than for him to win this fight. Uh, and yeah, she collapses weeping on him. <laughs> like, this is very touching. Yeah. Quick friendship, like... There's genuine emotion here, but every time we see Belmont's face, he's got that smirk on it. And I'm like, is this dude a baddie the entire time? (laughs) I'm just waiting for him, for the camera just to zoom in. And then we see him evilly smile. And then a little glint happens. I've just been waiting for it. (laughs) And I felt for Erika the whole time. I'm like, oh girl, be careful. (laughs) It's, oh man. Well, uh, I, this is the last uh, hyphen I have, which means we're going into, um, you know, uh, just a string of, of, of shots because we are going to the battle portion. Uh, we are at the semifinals between Team Kenya and Team Iceland. Um, it's it's going down. Uh, we get the, uh, the uh, official names of the two squid metabots that are with Orkramar slash uh, Killer Marine, and in the dub they are called uh, A Vikings. Uh, which is, you know, okay, no, I'll buy boo. it. I, th- I think going a Viking is a good reference for this time. N- not a word that people really knew, uh, or, or traded in, uh, as a table, uh, you know, a, a dinner table term. So yeah, I don't know. I, I do wish that they had like, they instead were a squid reference of some kind, but you know, they're from Iceland. I'll give it to them. They're going a Viking. Yeah. I like it. I just finished playing a game that shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but a Viking isn't Abyss Greater. It is, yeah. Uh, Abyss Greater is, it's the better name. Uh, <laughs> oh, but this is a fun fight. Like, Yeah, uh, for the first, we do get some more, more meta match lore. Apparently every single match has started with a coin flip and we didn't know. And this <laughs> is the only one that changes the terrain, apparently. Yeah. Also, it's, apparently, yeah. Have all the rings been uh, hexagonal? Because I thought we fought on a, uh, a yeah. square ring before. Hexagonal makes sense, but like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe some of them have been round. Come to think of it, um, you know, for a tournament arc, a little, uh, we're not getting a whole lot of information about the actual tournament. <laughs> but. Um, so uh, they flip let's a coin. Just, it's, let's do a quick little Google a Metabots tournament, and let's just see yeah. what shows up. Uh, Mr. Um, referee flips the coin. It lands on tails, and the uh, the terrain transforms, and now it's mostly water with little triangle bits of land for Team Kenya to stand on. Yeah, yeah. 
it's it's like a really cool transformation sequence and i i guess the official rules of this is before the match they get to flip a coin whoever wins the coin toss gets to decide if they use an alternate battlefield or not and which one they use nobody has selected that up until this point and like yeah the the red parts of the hexagon basically like dip down and get filled with water and then the the big metallic center like separates so that they the triangles go off to the sides so it's cool it's very inventive and yeah, Iceland should win against Kenya. Yeah, I mean, is Kenya landlocked? Um, I don't. Th- lions? Yeah. Uh, lions? No, they they've got a they've got a small amount of coast and a couple of large. Yeah, lakes, yeah. So, but lions could be okay. <laughs> and rhinos can't swim. I think gorillas could swim, but that's terrifying. So I refuse to think about a gorilla swimming. But I know lions and um, rhinoceroses think... cannot swim at least as well as squids and shark things <laughs> um i i beg to differ um i've got several pictures right here of lions swimming i squids and sharks should win simple as that <laughs> they should they should win um there are i mean we've seen the opposite of this fight where you have a water-based villain and a um uh, a land-based uh a bug you know <laughs> hero several times in this series and in other series, yeah. we know how Kenya can win. Yeah, but, uh, but Icky usually but we'll, wins. We'll see exactly how it goes down. Icky usually wins by swapping out a part with a different animal part. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he usually wins by oh, becoming man. a sea animal. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what we do get is, um, uh, you know, the battle starts, uh, and, oh, also we would be remiss to mention Mr. Referee finally gets a costume change. Yeah. Yeah. He gets a little, a little swimmy onesie and a floaty ring. (laughs) That really, I mean, yes, there's racism. Yes, there's dirty dealings. Yes, there's all these bad things. But is any of that actually worse than Mr. Referee not being able to change costumes every episode? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, so Team Iceland uh, makes the first move. Uh, they are moving really, really aggressively. Um, and, you know, Arika and, and Icky and everybody are like, oh, wow, they're really not holding back at all. They, they don't, they're not intimidated by uh, Victor whatsoever because they just start charging forward and sending wave after wave of torpedo attacks. Um uh, the Kenya team does manage to dodge all of them, but then they, uh, uh, you know, send in a huge tidal wave, uh, which um, kind of uh, puts them on their back foot. And then the the uh, Vikings uh, slash Avis Greater shoot out of the uh, shoot out of the water to uh, take out Rhino Rush and the Gorilla one that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, who cares? It's a it's a dumb meta yeah. bot. Uh, this is. Yeah, uh, but this is definitely like some of the best teamwork we've seen mm-hmm. uh, from from anybody so far, and it's like it's good to see the kind of like you know the quote unquote wingmates of the team team leader like actually like competent and like doing some good stuff. Um, yeah, Team Iceland should win this entire tournament. I'm sorry. Yeah, because like yeah, Team Iceland also recognizes the fact that. Uh, Oh, no, wait, never mind. I'm thinking of something next episode. Um, but yeah, uh, now that they've taken those out, they can focus on Victor. Uh, and, uh, oh, man, uh, Urkumar goes in for that final attack uh, with uh, his shockwave orb beam thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, Warm Bandit does his little flash teleport out of the way. 
and um, uh, we just get <laughs> infinite cuts of Orkrimar getting blasted with a machine gun over and over again while we cut to reactions in the crowd until the one final one where like his like faceplate breaks and stuff. There we go. Yeah, uh, so you asked me before the show, because I was talking about um, how these two episodes have a lot of differences between the sub and the dub, more than we've gotten a lot lately. Yeah. And <laughs> you thought maybe in the dub this shot of marine killer just getting shot over and over again was fake and no it, it is a solid seven seconds of this robot just yeah. getting shot and then there's even like a slow-mo it, with water flying all around it like tears it's yeah it's gratuitous is it's what it the is. thing is is like like the first three times are just the same animation and voice line every single time though. And that's what made me think, Hmm, they probably had to cut out some stuff and then fill back in. And this is like the easiest clip that they could do. Uh, but I am glad that it exists in, in both versions. Uh, we, we love a slow-mo. He gets shot a bunch sequence. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he gets shot and Warbonnet when he shoots, shoots like a Gatling gun. So, like, a hundred bullets are yeah. going to this poor shark's body. And, like, the slow-mo scene is just... It's like American cinema, you know? Yeah. You just get shot well, and then and, wait and to, to fall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, to make it even worse, that's immediate. Like, once it's clear that, like, his back has opened up and the, the coin flies out, like, Arika's life flashes before her eyes... Uh, of like the last several days of like both both like the good things and bad things of of you know investigating and interviewing Team Iceland, like this is some like best of the best like Olympics shit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we needed uh, this is this... this is like that hockey movie where we fight the Soviets, <laughs> the Mighty Ducks, Mighty Ducks uh... two, the Mighty Ducks three. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was at least it one of It might as well be the Mighty <laughs> Ducks. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, it, it's a good fight with a strong finish that was just weird. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, Victor immediately dies, which... Hey, what, yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? You mean Bel- Belmont immediately dies. I'm sorry, dies. Yeah, uh, yeah. Belmont. He just... Yeah. He, yeah. Like, it's as Victor goes to collect the medal, like, Belmont gets just, like is ready to say goodbye to his friend, and he just collapses at Arika's arms. He, goes, he is dead. He's dead as a doornail. Uh, Arika <laughs> jumps out of her seat in the front row, down the like the 12-foot gap to the ground, and then runs over and grabs his body. Yeah. We don't see it on camera, but that's what would have happened. And uh, yeah. he goes, I'm sorry I wasn't strong enough, but I do have to follow the tournament rules. <laughs> I am a meta fighter, after all. And then just fucking dies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's when Arika begs Victor not to take the medal, but he says, I'm only following the rules of the tournament, as he heads off. Uh, and it's just, oh, what a good episode. Yeah. Uh, and then Icky shows up. Yeah. And Icky... <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. <laughs> Icky, Icky doesn't care about Belmont, but he loves Arika. Arika is his best friend, despite how shitty he is. Yeah. So he charges up and goes, I'm going to win back his medal, too. And Victor just goes, very well. And I'm like, Icky, where was this good, decent human being this entire series? Well, this is, I mean, this is also like, you know, 
in addition to him having this very strong bond with Arika and seeing her struggle with this, also we know Iki can't stand the idea of someone losing their best friend. And so, like, this is just over the top for him. He's, you know, he's been confronting Victor a lot, but this is the last straw. He is telling Victor straight up, I am taking that medal back from you. I'm taking the medals back that you've stolen from people, and there's nothing you can do about it. And he's just like... Hmm. and walks away <laughs> yeah it, it is um it is way too bad we don't get a victor and icky just sitting down and talking maybe over a nice meal yeah. discussing their ideologies to each other like no that'd be a gundam oh, yeah, that would be great yeah. that'd be a gundam yeah oh you you mean like if they somehow ma- made their way into an abandoned theater stage and uh icky and metabi pointed guns at uh victor and uh um and war bandit and they discussed their varying ideologies <laughs> just for like 15 minutes straight uh, for no reason yeah um yeah uh but yeah brass pops up god yeah yeah brass pops up and as like uh victor and his crew are walking away like we get this awkward kind of look back of war bond, uh, bandit and brass making eye contact again and this is when uh brass finally reveals what their conversation was about war bandit told her that victor actually does feel guilty about taking the other team's medals um which is you know setting us up setting us up for for a face turn for a favorite bad guy that uh, is not what she says in the sub and i think the dub oh what did she say in the sub the dub took the coward's way the sub <laughs> goes war bonnet asked me to forgive victor's actions he says victor is a pitiable person oh that's good yeah so oh, it's man. like yeah he he sucks but like we should pity him instead of hate him to which everyone's yeah. they don't say I, no but you know they feel no yeah i wonder if i wonder if war bandit has some kind of like guilty history that makes him feel responsible for why uh, Victor is the way that he is. Yeah. Who knows if we'll find that out. But now um, is the best scene in the whole goddamn show so far. Yeah, because uh, the the chair the chairman of the Metabots Corporation Committee says that uh, he has a few words to say before they head on to the finals. That um you know they've got some really they 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 or before they head on to the rest of the matches for the semi or for the semifinals I guess um that you know they've got some really important stuff to say and we recognize this voice as we also get several cuts to kind of like you know some people around this person and maybe his sideburns and uh you know a cowlick or two and uh, Mitch um. Who is the chairman of the International Metabots Corporation Committee for the Metab- International Metabots Tournament? Sea Slug is Have back, him baby. Before? And in the sub, in perfect <laughs> English, he goes, everybody, hello. And, <laughs> and like he says it as he thrusts his arms down onto the podium and leans forward and like just introduces himself into the spotlight. And... I, everybody hello <laughs> and so in his in the sub i can't do the voice justice um but his voice is yeah. kind of high-pitched and it's raspy it really like it's so good and it sounds like a cheap like for whatever reason puts me in the mood for like a cheap fish themed villain which i guess is probably because sea slug and all that but like in his raspy high-pitched voice just screaming everybody hello and then smiling yeah, it is. It was the best scene I've seen since um, since Sea Slug tore off his uh, Mister Tuna Head costume. Yeah, 
It's very good. Uh, <laughs> and we, we get the shot of like all of them up in the chair. Like, you know, the whole gang's here. It's the rubber robos. They've taken over the Metabots Corporation. This fucking rules. You called it. Or did I call it? I think you called it. We this called one, right? it together as a family. <laughs> um, yes. I love you, bitch. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, so in the sub, he is, uh, they are head of the Metabot uh, Association of. Um, fighting not the metabot corporation which uh okay which uh aki runs um and that that's a pretty big distinction because he was head of metabot corp he'd be miss caviar's boss that's true um, uh the, yeah like well so like i think the way that they kind of that they pitch it in the dub at least is he's the chief of the board of directors mm-hmm. of the metabots corporation so like obviously like you know uh, Dr. Aki is still probably like the CEO or president or whatever of, of the, of the corporation, but like the, the, the committee chairs still get to decide things like what the rules for, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, fucking, uh, the, the competition are, mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, whether or not they're going to, you know, uh, give Christmas bonuses to all of the people working in the factory, or if they're just going to do payouts to the investors, or if they're going to get rid of all the costly yellow paint in exchange for, um, a big golden parachute for all the rubber robos. <laughs> so, um, who knows? The difference here <laughs> is, um, in America, we love corporations. They're our favorite type of people. Um, <laughs> Uh, in the sub, well, the well, the difference is in Japan. They love uh, corporations. They're their favorite favorite kind of family. Yeah. Uh. So in the in the sub, um, the Metabot Company and or Metabot Corporation and the Meta MWA, the MetaWatch or the Metabots Wrestling Association, whatever the the, the big fighting tournament yeah. that the Metabots Olympics that is not yeah. associated with the Metabot Corporation. It is an worldwide Metabot okay. worldwide whatever. Um it is yeah. a um it's a worldwide organization that Metabot Corporation is a you know just a group that helps them yeah. out. So they they are separate in yeah. everything yeah. versus here in the dub yeah. it is they are tied together intrinsically. Yeah. Which I, I guess which to, does to go back make to a previous weird. analogy that we've used <laughs> go, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, to go back to a previous metaphor that we've used, uh, the FIFA Cup organization is not directly o- owned or in ownership of uh, all the companies that make soccer balls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they are separate. And uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the weird thing is, if the Metabot Corporation and the Metabot Association, whatever, if they are so intrinsically tied, why hasn't it been in Japan before? You think they didn't want to travel. <laughs> Oh man. Well, I'm, I'm, I guess like, well, oh, I guess, I guess it kind of makes sense. Like, you know, uh, uh, Metabots as like a, a competitive sport, uh, maybe goes to a lot of big developed countries. Uh, maybe, maybe Japan didn't really, I, I think there, you could, you could pitch me on the fact that like, um, uh, for the same reason that like a lot of like Pokemon card tournaments are in America, like, that's kind of where the market was big enough for these organizations to start to pop up. Whereas in, in Japan, you know, you go to the Seven Eleven, you buy a Metabot, you go to the park, you fight a Metabot that like, maybe it's a little, because it's more homegrown. 
like the need for like the infrastructure for big tournaments isn't there. Okay. Uh, as opposed to maybe like maybe like the you know the first Metabots international competition got bid out by like some super rich like European or North American like city uh, to have it there. That kind of thing. Okay. Okay. You know I'll go with that. Um, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, one more thing before we go on to, um, again, one of the best episodes in the entire show. Y- Did you notice something weird about this episode, Colin? Um, no. Why? I think this is the only episode this entire season without Meta B and Icky fighting. Not just, like, I mean, like, oh, shooting yeah. people, but also, like, they didn't argue with each other either, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the- Icky's in, like, two scenes, so... Well, yeah, Icky's barely in this episode, uh, and I don't know. Like, I, I think I think they we are getting close to the end of Metabots, and I think they know that. And like, they're, I mean, the, this next episode is called "Calm Before the Storm," and there is there isn't a single Metabot fight in this upcoming episode. <laughs> I think you're gonna like the uh, the name and the sub, but yeah, uh, I'm just flipping through the uh, the episode list. I'm pretty sure this is the only no uh yeah 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 i think this is the only episode without meta be like shooting somebody yeah. which is wild because <laughs> like every other tournament episode so far even if it includes like another match still has a team japan match in mm-hmm. it. and if not like on some of the episodes like um eat drink man metabot um like there's still at least a like 30 second fight with Metabee shooting somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even in like the spike crosser dog spike, uh, cyan dog episodes where it's, it's about spike and, and cyan dog getting into a fight. There's still sequences of like Metabee shooting at them at some point. <laughs> it's just, I've been trying to wrap my head around Metabots cause it is, I mean, it is a shonen show. It is supposedly all about the fighting, but when you go back and watch the show, the fights only last a few seconds. Yeah. It's it's a shonen show that understands that, like, it is about fighting, but that you can have conflicts other than the match that happens every episode or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's I think that's what makes the show so fun to watch is, like, it's, it's not a Pokemon-type shonen anime where... Okay, we know we know how this is going to go down. There's going to be a conflict. The conflict is always going to reach to a head where a Pokemon battle has to happen. That and, you know, whether we solve the conflict outside of that battle or not, like the battle's the climax. Uh whereas and then you have like, you know, more like shonen battle anime like, you know, Dragon Ball Z or whatever, where it's like, yeah, you got to even if you don't have a fight every episode, it's still about the fighting. If you don't have a fight this episode, it's because we're building up to a fight in an episode or two kind of thing, in which case we're doing these kind of longer delayed conflict arcs. And Metabots figured out that, hey, dummy, they can fight and that can have nothing to do with anything going on. And you can do any kind of plot that you want. And it makes Metabots incredibly fresh to watch every time. (laughs) Sometimes boys just want to shoot somebody for like four seconds and then go back to playing soccer or whatever. (laughs) It's great. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It would be great if any episode of Naruto just had like, okay, Naruto's going to throw some shurikens at a dude, and then we're going to move on to the actual episode. <laughs> I um, We'll get into this here in a few episodes when we do our season finale. Um, but this journey of Metabots has been so 
so great. The show <laughs> is so much better than it should be. I, yeah. I, I don't like part of that is because we are doing a podcast about it and, you know, we get to watch it a little bit more closely than maybe we would have normally. But like the show does so many things right in a surprising way where it's not outwardly subversive, but like it just challenges some expectations you have about the kind of show it is. Uh, there's a lot of heart yeah. in this show based around these children and like they get a lot of things really <laughs> right about these emotions and also your bug boy shoots people sometimes and it's fun yeah uh, and it's just oh man like i've been not to not for us to get even continually more derailed but uh like you know i've been i i started watching the flash again recently just because i was like i saw it on netflix i wanted a new show to watch and i was like oh yeah i never caught up or finished the flash i guess i'll do that and like I I think that that show is maybe like the best of that CW model of show where you have these very clear A stories like episode, every episode you have a season long uh like overarching story and then you have these emotional emotional B stories that like either like you know have a, like start and end in the middle of an episode or, like, just have really, really good kind of, like, uh, you know, end of episode kind of, like, reveals that keep them going. And it's kind of nice to watch a show where I watch an episode and it's a complete story. And it does fit into a greater scheme, especially the whole tournament arc. But, like, I can watch one episode of Metabots and feel totally fine and not have to watch another episode of Metabots. I watch an episode of The Flash or, like, most modern television and it's like, I, I gotta it just it didn't end. I didn't get an ending. I gotta watch another episode so I could see where it goes. And it's it's nice to be able to watch Metabots and be like, yeah, I can go on with the rest of my day now. <laughs> you end with a sense of satisfaction and excitement as opposed to mild anxiety. <laughs> Which yeah, I yes, I don't like watching television because they force you to watch the next episode a lot of times. You're right. Um, yeah, <laughs> Metabots is such a good show. I'm so glad we did this together. Um, yeah, I'm done stalling. I am ready <laughs> they, for this next episode. Okay, yeah, this is a good. This is a good one. Um, uh, so this is Calm Before the Storm, or, or in in the Japanese, the Lonely Lion. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Um, uh, listeners, uh, this one's a Gundam. Uh, so we start off, we pick up right where the last episode le uh, left off. The rubber robos laugh evilly as uh, Sea Slug introduces himself as the chairman of the international uh, Metabots uh, organization, Slugbug. Um, and we immediately cut over to a cafeteria somewhere in the city. Um, where a brown-haired woman looks up to the, at the news to see this, this live feed and it's Miss Caviar, and she immediately recognizes that Slugbug is Tuna Head. So this is the first... I am... I am slapping the vein. I am ready for this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so this is the first and only bit of narration we've gotten in these two episodes. And it's... Okay. It is so good. Uh, the narrator... Um, so as we zoom in to see this woman, the narrator goes, just then around the country, another person stood in shock. It was Miss Caviar, whose feelings had gone unrequited because of Sea Slug's misunderstanding. And it sets up everything right there. Tear. <laughs> and she, yeah. she's heartbroken. Uh, hey, do you think? Yeah. Oh, God. She is like, who, like the voice actress is 
acting her heart out. Like you can tell from every word, like it's just like, it's perfectly quavering. You understand how much emotion she's going through. It's great. Uh, but Mitch, do you think <sighs> Mr. Narrator didn't show up in the previous episode because he was too busy rooting for the squid metabots in the stands? Uh, he is an octopus. Because he's an octopus? Yeah. Uh, he's, he's got to yeah. look out for his tentacled brethren. He was yeah. also, you know, he's just a big fan of love and he was just overcome. Because we, we yeah. got we to gotta remember, <laughs> Mr. Raider's driving force is love. He said it before. Yeah. It is true. Which is why he flubs when it comes to aggression. Yeah. And metaphors about fighting. He doesn't care about that stuff. Yeah. He only cares yeah. about squids, octopi, takoyaki, and love. And takoyaki yeah. is he love. He does care enough about space travel, oh. enough to be able to talk about the conflicts there within. But, you know. Uh, <laughs> Everyone loves space. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he has to show up for the number one romance of all time, Miss Caviar, uh, X Mr. Tuna Head. Uh, we're ready for this. It's some good shit. No, um, no, Miss Caviar X, you're getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am getting ahead of myself. Uh, so, um, Arika went with uh, went to the hospital with Belmont. We get some with, from exposition from Mickey and Koji as they're walking down the hallway, um, and they run into who else but Slugbug, Shrimpy, and Squid Guts. As they awkwardly try to not make eye contact until they just have to. Uh, and you know what? The the rubber robos are, they're not denying they're rubber robos, but they are insisting they're on the official board of the World Metabot Corporation Committee. Um, so, yeah, they're just, they're out here in force. They're not hiding who they are. This is great. <laughs> so, a couple things about this scene. One, Sea Slug wears a pink tie. I love it. I've got like three pink ties. Yeah. Big fan of the color pink. Glad to see one of the best characters in the show, Slee Slug, repping it. Second of all, <laughs> I did not know this was a prequel for the movie Boss Baby. Friend of the show, Sarah, <laughs> oh yelled it out. And His little suit. I was so excited. We got Boss Baby here. And it's great. I love it. Um, <laughs> Koji goes, they're even saying Robo every sentence. How did no one else catch this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah listen they just own it and then they're like you know they admit they're part of the rubber robo gang in the sub and they're like this yeah. is all part of our evil plan we're gonna rule the world to which boss baby who i'm only referring to him as boss baby from now on goes humanity's <laughs> yeah. going to kneel before us and then gives a big thumbs down before they walk away <laughs> like this kid's a badass yeah God, I lo I that's you know I love the rubber robos. I've been missing. You know them. that's why he is always wearing sunglasses because sun never sets on a badass Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a good television program. Yeah. Um, oh. uh, we cut over to the same animation of Aki scanning Similodon as he kind of muses about how the rubber robos took over his corporation, uh, which I'm gonna guess is different in the sub. Yeah. Um. <laughs> they're just talking about the metaphors and, again that's it yeah uh yeah um aki tells koji he thinks that uh the the thing that might commit connect similodon to the metaphors is an ancestral connection to ancient metabots uh which koji is like what does that mean and he's like i don't know <laughs> so <laughs> but you know similodon says he's never felt better so yeah. um we we get a slightly different take on it uh same general idea um but he goes i still have no idea how he used the metaphors it may have something to do with ancestry and coach goes 
ancestry. To which Aki just goes, oh, never mind. And I'm like, no, just spill the fucking beans if you know something. Stop being cagey yeah. about it. Is he waiting for another Evangelion um, event to happen before he goes, okay, actually, I know some stuff. I think, I, I think what it probably is, is like Simoadon was one of the few metabots that we saw like in the ancient cave. Um, so it, it could be that in addition to, you know, ha- rare metals being like the original metals that they discovered, uh, maybe the fact that like um, certain metabots uh, uh, like uh, some of the older metabots are directly designed off parts they found in the ruins, uh, which might just mean that uh, somehow like Similodon has some of that that Metaforce mojo just baked in there already. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe that's what the next series is going to be about, or maybe that's what we're going to get to with some of the lore. Is this show crazy? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that. Uh, Altered states, waking to a dream, or Metabee's last stand is going to tell us. Uh, I, who knows? I yeah. Uh, I don't even care at this point. Like, all right, sure. Yeah. Just let the boy use a laser sword. Like, that's fine. I don't care. He doesn't need yeah. a reason. <laughs> Just equip him with a laser sword. You can make one. We know you can. Uh, he can. Oh, he can man. afford a laser sword. But, uh, okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, at the hospital though. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> we go to the hospital. Uh, at the hospital, Arika is with yeah. Arika's with Belmont. Um, we're getting some big Evangelion vibes here. Um, with just like the slow shots and like the color palette and stuff. Um, uh, Icky shows up and promises that they'll get Orkamar's medal back no matter what. Um, but uh, they have the problem of they still don't have a space metal fighter X for this next fight. <laughs> um. This entire conversation is different in the sub, which is fine. Uh, do you want me to run through like yeah. the rest of the of the dub, and then we can go over the differences in the sub? Then go right ahead. Yeah. Um, basically, they're talking about how they're you know what they're going to do, what their plan is. Uh, Belmont tells them that uh, you know Victor's a, a great fighter, and uh, cheap tricks won't work on him at all. Uh, and so they've you know they've got to work on those fundamentals, and that's when Icky and Metabi come up with the idea that. Uh, since basically all of uh, Team Kenya's plans kind of hinge around War Bandit as the kind of like central fighter, then if they take out War Bandit first, the um, uh, you know the rest of the team will be easy to to mop up. And uh, you know Belmont and Arika are just kind of like, wow, that's really not actually a plan at all. <laughs> uh, what what happens in the sub? <laughs> um, it, so Team Japan says the same stuff. Uh, basically. Um, you know, we yeah. got to focus on Victor. He's the linchpin. The other two just follow his orders. We take out Victor and Warbonnet, and then everything's fine. But the entire time, like, Belmont just keeps looking away and smiling. And it's like, this boy's evil. And then eventually he goes, is your team always like this? Uh, you know, excitable and everything. And Arika goes, yeah, they give me a constant headache. And he's like, I'd like them. But, <laughs> but like, the mood is very different. No one's talking originally about meta fighting. And, um... Like Belmont doesn't say anything about Victor until you know the boys start talking. Yeah, they're just they're just checking in on on Belmont to make sure he's fine. To checking on on Arika and make sure she's fine if she needs anything. It's a very sweet scene. Yeah, to which uh, they say their plan, and then Belmont again looks to the camera and smiles, and it's like, is this kid evil? I need to know if this kid's evil. <laughs> I don't think this kid is evil, uh, unless he's secretly a cat. Unless he's secretly an alien robot cat. Uh, <laughs> he did get sick when he touched water, much like cats do. 
I think that's cats, right? They get sick when they touch water. Um, no, there's plenty of cats that like water. Uh, <laughs> snakes aren't. Well, yeah, terrestrial snakes aren't supposed to go in water. They'll give them pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's real. That's why anytime you see like like uh, when they do like a Fear Factory style like stunt. They will usually use ground snakes in big tubs of water because they'll be more docile in there. But also probably all those snakes get pneumonia and die later. And it's not good. Yeah. Uh, don't like those shows. Um, They're very mean to animals. Do not like them. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, are you ready to be mad so, at the worst scene in the entire history of Metabots? Yeah, because Miss Caviar is here to talk to Chairman Slughead, and uh, a cop literally pushes her to the ground to keep her uh, her out of of this building and uh, from seeing the committee. Now, uh, I, I know we always say all oh, cops are bastards, but this one, like, she wasn't doing anything. She was just standing there going, please, you have to let me see him. And he just full force shoves her to the ground and then just stares at her for no reason. I was booing. You know what they say? Yeah. Uh uh Capos and Robos go hand in hand. Uh they do always say may, that. Maybe uh sometimes those that work forces are also those who wear jumpsuits. Uh if you've ever heard that ditty from Rage Against the Machine. Uh it's always been there. Some of those uh, <laughs> that work meta forces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god. Then that means that Icky's dad is a is a rubber robo. He's been one the whole time. We'll we'll get to Icky's dad later in this episode. <laughs> I got yeah. I got some stuff uh, to say about the Tenrios this episode. Don't you worry. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh we uh you know, um Slughead is just kind of uh callously watching as all of this is happening and then as uh, a good old girl comes up to let him know the car is here, they both just walk out without saying anything. Uh and he even continues to walk away coldly as she calls for him. Uh but he and does, as he gets into on. the car. I'm sorry. He yeah. does pause. Yeah. When she calls his name and he stops mid step and then keeps walking. There's a slight visit hesitation uh, there. And it's so good. There is. You can tell there's a little hesitation in there, but he's still being cold. Oh, yeah. And yeah, as yeah. he gets into the car, she runs up to the window of the limousine and just starts uh, yelling at him, like, why did you run away with no goodbye? What are you trying to accomplish here? And Mitch, do you want to know what I thought he said uh, when uh, immediately after she asked that? Um, I thought he said crime <laughs> when he actually said tries. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> God, next time anyone says, what are you uh, trying to do? I'm just going to go crime. That's so good. Yeah. Um, damn, that's, uh, he just says the word go. And obviously I had it subtitled, so I didn't have yeah. room. Um, yeah. But she does say something a little bit more fun in the sub. So she's, you yeah. know, her arms are back and she's just screaming and crying. And she goes, please, please tell me, why did you leave me so flamboyantly back then? What are you trying to do? Yeah. And, oh. and just screaming, why did you leave me so flamboyantly back then? Because he did uh, strip down into a black uh, jumpsuit and got into a helicopter after trying to blow up her place of work. Yeah, it's. <laughs> the, <laughs> That's pretty flamboyant. Yeah, it, it's so rich in that. I loved it. Um, so he says oh. drive and pulls uh, off to the night. And then we get a scene in the sub that you do not get in the dub. Ooh. So she Hit me. she's um walking, you know, off balance and sad, you know, like they do in an anime, uh, throughout the night. 
just lost in her thoughts and in the city. And she comes across Chicken Seller, who starts right back again with his misogyny. Crying like a chick won't help you. Waiting for Prince Charming's arrival has long passed. And she's just going, what? (laughs) Grab onto love with your own two hands. Nothing will come to you if you don't explicitly ask for it. She goes, I don't understand anything you're saying to me. And he goes, when you enter a restaurant, you must order the food yourself. She's like, what are you talking about? I don't know what I should do. And then walks off. He's like, just do your best. But I know why this was cut. So when she's walking past Chicken Cellar, he's talking with a cigarette in his mouth. And then he pulls it out and blows smoke every time he's trying to say something mysterious. And yeah, then he and that would have ge- been way too much to yeah. edit. He starts uh. gesturing with the cigarette, talking to her. <laughs> She's not having any of it. He's being yeah. mysterious and coy, and she just does not give a shit what this man says. She's never met yeah. the chicken seller before. <laughs> she doesn't understand. But yeah. Um, at least he has. He doesn't smoke around the children. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah, uh. yeah. <laughs> but this guy's just hanging out in the city, smoking cigarette next to baby chicks. Just stopping women passing by, giving them love advice. Chicken Seller is a creep. (laughs) Yeah. And then we catch Uh, back up to where where you are. This is where we cut to the next day. Oh, oh, I'm sorry? No, this is where we catch back up to the dub where next day. Okay, yeah. We cut to the next day where Coach Man Mountain and the principal are hyping up the entire student body to support Team Japan. Um, uh, And we get maybe one of the uh, it's there's a better sequence later but we get sam pulling out her space metafighter x mask saying oh she's ready for the finals and then we cut over to sloan practicing a few katas who then pulls out his space metafighter x uh mask and talks about how he's ready for the finals and then we cut over to spike who says something stupid and pulls out his space metafighter x mask because he's ready for the finals (laughs) it's very good remember when Remember when this television program was about school children at school? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a they while. They are conceivably going to school every day, and then, like, the the matches happen on the weekends. Uh. So, uh, I guess, because the way we did, you know, MetaWatch, we're following the dub, you gotta remember, in the, in the sub, in the proper air order, it's been, like, 20 episodes since we've seen the school. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> So we saw Coach Man Mountain and uh, Mr. Principal again, and I'm cheering. I miss these two. Yeah. God. But yeah, the God, this this episode gives me everything I wanted. Maybe a reprisal for Miss Mimosa, but that sounds like it's being greedy, you know? Yeah, I don't think we're going to get that. Um, I'm trying to think of if there's anybody else I'd really want there to. I, I kind of, I know we hate Rintaro, the, our beautiful goblin son on this podcast, but I do kind of wish that Rintaro figured more into some of the stuff going on. I'm going to guess um, either Altered States or Waking to a Dream is going to like be about the, the the Ten Days of Darkness. And since that'll feature like Patra and uh, Joe from the American team, that means that Rintaro will probably be brought back in for those episodes. But like, I just kind of wish he was annoying and on screen more often. <laughs> I- you're weird, man. <laughs> what? I wish just. Like, he just. It seems like a waste to introduce this cast member and then like never use him for anything. <laughs> yeah, because he's awful. Maybe I guess maybe uh, Merat Damashi or season three or whatever. Maybe Rintaro's around more. I don't know. But yeah. I, I'm fine with him. We he did exposition for Patra's fight, and then just 
went yeah. away. It's fine. Um, I still want to know why we thought that Metabots Damashi was going to have Rintaro be the main character. I don't know how we got on that idea. And I also don't know if that's not still true. But, you know, it's still in my head. <laughs> The only bit of uh, the next season I watched was I watched a fight with the hamster Metabot. Okay. And and that's as much as I want to go into it before we start it. Okay. Uh, well, uh, we do cut over to the bridge, the bridge that all of the school children have to cross on, uh, where, um, you know, Slughead <laughs> and uh, Squid Girl are meeting up with Victor uh, to collect uh, Orkramar's medal. Uh, Victor wants to know where his money is. Uh, and they tell him that they'll they'll pay him everything they owe him tomorrow, uh, as long as he can win. Uh, it's going to be his big payday. Um, and you know they kind of like cackle and and leave uh, after they collect the the squid medal. Um, they tell him he's they've already deposited the fee in the Swiss bank account. Okay, so he's getting paid every day to be a villain, as opposed to a big payday at the end of taking over the world. I guess. But why is it yeah. Mr. Bridge? Like, they have an entire city they could have met at. Why this one bridge? And Squid Guts isn't even here on the bridge that he fought on. I think it's I think it's the only place that they could think of to be able to have this double blind that happens where they can, you know, have Rakusho just kind of like manage to sneak up here and and see what's going on but have the the you know the, yeah. the rubber robots get away without realizing rakusho's here um or maybe they just they like the bridge and they wanted to use the bridge again <laughs> this is one of the characters they brought back for this episode they brought back miss caviar yeah, they brought Mr. back the bridge. bridge yeah <laughs> all the fan favorites uh they brought back this shitty parrot yeah um yeah, Rakusho, uh, like, Victor tries to kill Rakusho's parrot friend. We don't like that. Uh, and they have some words about how uh, Rakusho thinks that, you know, uh, kind of like grilling Victor on why he's working with the Rubber Robos. They're they're blatantly evil. And, like, Victor just it keeps telling Rakusho to keep his distance and, and learn how to respect real people, like the asshole that he is. Yeah. <laughs> this dude is mad about racist. Yeah. Um, you don't love it. Also, he tries to it's, kill. It's kind of awful. He tries to kill them with, like, a like a chop motion, and like yeah. that's pretty cool. If he like tries to chop the yeah. Um, but every time, uh, you can go back and look. Every time Victor says something racist, Warbonnet just kind of looks at him and then looks back towards whoever he's talking to. Yeah, and like um, it gets very. It definitely this feels like yeah. War. Yeah. He's definitely got some guilt about some stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mrs. Uh, Tenryo uh, is out grocery shopping. gets caught in the rain. So kind of like hurries to her car. And while she's backing up into the street, uh, there's like a, you know, the kind of like um, uh, the, the gutter splashes Victor as he's walking by. And, uh, you know, she immediately rolls down her window and apologizes and says, sorry, um, and is like so ashamed and like, you know, wants to take responsibility and offers to take Victor back to her house. It's around the corner where she can, you know, wash and dry his clothes. Um, this horrifies him for some reason, but she insists and drags him along and gets him into the car uh, right. and drives him home. All right, Colin, <laughs> are you ready? Yeah. You're yeah. right. This is the theory you had right. I told you before you were right. This is where you were right. Miss Tenrio, thirsty. Like, she's thirsty, thirsty. <laughs> how many 
how many strange people has she invited over to her house for flimsy reasons? She got uh, Sea Slug. She got um, Kareem. She's got Victor. Yeah. She just keeps yeah. inviting grown men over to her house just just to hang out. Yeah. Um. I guess this does put the whole uh, Rintaro thing in a bad light from that episode. Um. <laughs> I, I think she is baby crazy and her husband's not there. But like, yeah, we'll get into it. This entire episode with Victor, she's thirsty. So we cut to her yeah. house um, and she's like, come yeah. to my place. I'll clean you up. And then Victor hands over the hands her the bag. She goes, oh, you know, you're so sweet. You came with me. Uh, let's get out of those wet clothes. Oh, you even gave, brought in my bags. And then Victor goes, so and just stares at her and she just stares at him for a minute and then she grabs him by the arm and leads him off screen yeah uh in the dub at least like she was like oh i'm a terrible host i you i made you bring the the grocery in for groceries in for me now let's get you out of those clothes so i can clean and dry them and it's just like yeah she does want to get this man butt naked imme- immediately uh but, which which yeah that that's there like she's she can't wait to get this big tall muscular man out of his clothes but the Victor is a hottie. Let's be real. Uh, <laughs> the fact that Victor just went along with this in the sub and hands her the bags and then goes so awkwardly, like they understand the yeah. transaction that's about to happen between the two of them, and they're they just let it happen. And I'm, and I'm just sitting to go. Uh, oh my god. In in the dub, including in the scene, he does try several times to say, I should really leave. I shouldn't be here. I'm going to go. Which, and then like she's like, oh, no, I would feel bad. I, I got your clothes wet. Come on. Which could just read as, look, I know you're married. <laughs> but like <laughs> in the sub, he's just going along with everything. Yeah. You know, he's like. Oh, yeah, you know, I should really get back to training with my Metabot. And she's like, baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> Which is how it's coming across this entire episode. Is a very baby, it's cold. Yeah. Like, he's, uh, not, he's not fighting or leaving. He's just going, oh, here's an excuse. Yeah. I probably shouldn't be here. Whoops. She's like, yeah, she's it's like, like get in naked. The... Stop talking, get naked. <laughs> there is, like, this definite element of... Like, especially when she first says, hey, uh, I live around the corner. I can, like, I can clean and dry your clothes for you. I'm so sorry. He immediately gets this, like, reaction of abject fear, um, <laughs> which, like, is not explained at all. <laughs> uh, it, it definitely makes, like, sets up, like, it makes the, um, the, the whole, like, art. Is is Mrs. Tenryo picking him up kind of thing, like on shaky ground? Because he is clearly afraid of something, and I have no idea what that is. <laughs> I just read that as he was taken aback by how just straight up thirsty this lady is. Yeah. She immediately sees she got his clothes wet. She's like, we're getting you home. We're getting out of those wet clothes. And we'll have like a couple hours together with you in no yeah. clothing. And he's like, whoa, whoa. Is this how it is over here? <laughs> Um, oh man! Well, yeah. uh, let's let's go ahead and cut over to the next scene. Uh, we got Aki and the Phantom Renegade. No, wait, yeah, <laughs> no. It, this is an amazing scene too. Like I love this scene. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's Aki and and Retort and talking strategy in the tube room. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the unexplained tube uh, Aki room. Aki is apparently 
Yeah, he's he, Aki has come to the conclusion that he's going to have to be the one to be Space Metafighter X in, in the final match because uh, things are still too hot for the Phantom Renegade to show up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're just straight up yelling at each other. And, and uh, yeah. It's great. They're screaming. Yeah. Uh, uh, at a certain point, um, Retort notices that they're being watched, though. And uh, who steps out of the shadows but Miss Caviar? And she begins to blackmail them about how bad this would look if if the press found out that Dr. Aki and the, the phantom thief retort, the phantom renegade himself, had such a close relationship despite all the crimes that he commits and the links that must have back to the Metabot Corporation. Uh, and she's only willing to keep that quiet for one thing. And that's if she gets to be Space Metafighter X in the finals. Colin? Colin. Bitch? I- Bitch. I love this woman. She's she's perfect. This is uh, I I don't know what made me happier. Uh when this happened telling me that like the victor fight is going to equally be about confronting Sea Slug, which is fantastic, or the moment that I realized that the Team Kenya Team Japan fight isn't going to happen this episode, which means we get an extended two-episode block for this. This is so good. I love this so much. <laughs> you know what this also means? That the actual Phantom Thief Retort is not in the tournament at all. <laughs> like, uh, I thought, no, he was in one. He was in one fight, right? No, it's it was Because there was Karen, the fight that he Karen, did. The, he Sam, did... Sam, uh, Sloan, Spike, right? He He was in there for one fight. Uh, he was the he was Space Metafighter X for for the one fight and then revealed himself as as Phantom Renegade because he was going to get arrested and escaped. So he yeah, was yeah, there for right. one. You're right. <laughs> I just yeah he didn't do anything in that fight. So I was like, all right, he wasn't in it. But yeah, yeah, you're right. He only he only uh, you know almost shot Metabi to get Koji to actually do something. So <laughs> I do have a question about the Space Metafighter X stuff while we're dancing around the subject. So yeah. They go to arrest Space Motor Fighter X in that episode because they know he's Phantom Thief for Tort, but not in yeah. any other episode. <laughs> but they well, because the cops are intelligent and they can put one and two together to realize that uh, Space Motor Fighter X is, uh, you know, the, or the, the Phantom Thief retort, uh, the Phantom Renegade is not um, a short red haired girl with pigtails, um, a uh, short brown haired girl uh, with a ponytail. Um, a tall, skinny, lanky, nerdy kid with dark hair or um, a kind of like a, a behatted, uh, you know, uh, a husky little dude. Um, so the cops know this, but like everyone <laughs> yeah. else is just like, oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is Metabot's Interpol. At, at least they have some intel. Uh, <laughs> I just I I loved caviar before, like. This episode with Caviar is so good. She She's blackmailing yeah. one of the most powerful men in the country, as well as, you know, a criminal that is one of the most powerful meta fighters in the country that she knows. Yeah. And she's blackmailing them with immediate exposure unless she gets to fight in the tournament. Um, and like, do you know what's the most? That's so good. Uh, and like, don't, don't forget, Mitch. Uh, remember, remember who Miss Caviar's Metabot is? Yeah, it's Robo Emperor. <laughs> yeah, she's um, she's not afraid to use literal war machines that she built and designed herself. 
to murder people. Yeah. Miss uh, Caviar is the best character in the show. Uh, <laughs> she's going to destroy Team Kenya single-handedly and then march up there, grab Sea Slug by the throat, and ask why he doesn't love her. And she deserves yeah. that. Uh, oh. oh, man. And, and you know, it was it was smart to deploy her the way they deployed her in Sweden Sour mm-hmm. because, you know, it gets it gets Miss Caviar back in your mind because, like, she hadn't been in an episode since the end of season one if you've well, – Either well, I guess yeah. Uh, if if we're watching an actual uh, time, then yes, this uh, uh, she's still fresh in our mind uh, as far as the fact that she exists. But uh, for for us um, dub order people, uh, it does help a lot to to have her back in here a little bit just to remind her since she hasn't shown up in in many many episodes. Uh, yeah. So it's good. We're, we got primed for Miss Caviar, and then we get this great Miss Caviar episode. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, we do get another horny scene. Um, Victor is in the bath. Uh, and, um, so, uh, in the dub, Mrs. Tenrio comes in to leave some clothes for him. Um, but she stays behind the screen the entire time and still Victor's a little embarrassed, but you know, she goes to get him some uh, uh, some clothes and and leaves them for him, and that's that's what we see. And there's still some tension, yeah. you know. He, but uh, that's what we get in the dub. What do we get in the sub, she, Mitch? She, in the dub, she goes, "Oh, do you want a rubber ducky or some bubble bath or something?" So yeah, uh, we get that in the dub too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, so that's what happens in the dub. Um, so to set the scene, uh, Victor is a big man, and this is a small tub he is so he's sitting down uh most of his legs torso is out and he like it's basically just the water basically just covers his waist area and his feet yeah um and then covers his shame i don't think victor has shame i think it's just covering those parts (laughs) um and then you know the bathroom door the screen is open like he didn't shut that behind him this was an invitation (laughs) And Miss Tenrio yeah. comes out, puts clothes down where he can see them, and she turns and looks into the bathroom to talk to him. And for the rest of the scene, <laughs> she's looking at him while he's naked in there. And he's like, you know, I brought you clothes, blah, blah, blah. Do you need anything? And he's like, he like rubs his face like a, what am I going to do here? Sit, like face. And then she goes, oh, is something wrong? Would you prefer if I came in there and washed your back for you? Oh no, <laughs> Miss Denrio! No, <laughs> I'm like Chidori, put it away. <laughs> like, okay, we we don't know what kind of relationship she has with her husband, other than it's very loving. Maybe it's an open thing. Yeah, we don't know. Not trying to judge here, but there are very few ways to read this episode without going. She wants to see this man naked, and she's doing what she can to make that happen. There are very other, yeah, like very few other interpretations, without making her go. Oh, she's just very ditzy and doesn't understand this situation, which discredits yeah. her and like, is not what the show has shown. Yeah, and it's like, like you know, uh, Japan does have different norms mm-hmm. about bathing. Like you can go to, uh, you know, um, mixed sex, uh, mixed gender, um, like public baths, but uh, I think that. Uh, there's still a line as far as like, 
a personal household bath goes and like this is a stranger that you barely know and this is a very intimate space and that's just like this would still this is still just very weird uh (laughs) why is this woman so horny uh (laughs) so she's watching this man take a bath and then asks if she can help and i'm just sitting there going (laughs) i there's no other interpretation other than colin is right and that that got me (laughs) I've been trying this entire episode to go, all right, maybe Colin's not right. Maybe she's not super thirsty, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't find another explanation. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Oh man. I had the cat uh, thing. You had well, Miss Tenrio being just terminally horny. I, uh, I didn't want it to be right, but I guess I am. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Uh, so, uh, Icky is finally heading home in the rain, uh, but they run into Rikusho on the way, uh, and, uh, Rikusho and the parrot tell Icky that, uh, Victor is working with the rubber robos, um, that, uh, that's, they are, they are paying him to, uh, win these fights and get these medals. Uh, so that's, you know, really getting him fired up about this, which is great, um, because Icky comes home. You know, steps in, starts taking his shoes off, is getting undrippy, is calling up to his mom, steps in and sees and sees who's at the dinner table, but it's Victor. He's eating some sukiyaki. It's sukiyaki night at the Tenryo household, and he's wearing what I assume are Mr. Tenryo's pajamas, and they are covered in hearts. <laughs> she, she gave this man her husband's sleepwear. And it's like... Which, I, I don't know... It, maybe they're not even her husband's sleepwear because like they're clearly different sized people. Like she just has a couple of different sizes lying around of these white pajamas with pink hearts all over them. This has got to be a regular thing. I... <laughs> the Tenryo swing. I think that's a thing that we have to accept. <laughs> I mean, he's gone fighting in wars most of the year, you know? Okay. This... She's got to get lonely. <laughs> I just, and it had to be Victor, you know, her son's arch enemy. Yeah. At least it wasn't Tuna Head, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's, uh, you know, uh, that's the thing is Miss Tenryo is completely oblivious to Victor's identity. And while she's like getting the sukiyaki like ready and like all that kind of stuff, just keeps talking up how good Icky is and how ready she is to see him uh, beat the the last champion at the at the finals uh soon uh and can't even remember the the champion's name and it's just like oh my son's so strong and so good and he's gonna win and i love him and the champion sucks um and that's what icky's like oh yeah you beat the champion victor and that's when it kind of like finally dawns on her and she was like, oh, well, I'm going to go check on the drying clothes and I'm going to iron them and y'all can have some room to talk. And she just kind of runs off. <laughs> so that's not what happens in the sub. Um, so she, okay. she's like, what's his name? Victory. Uh, Nikki's like, it's Victor. And he's like, oh, OK, cool. Anyway, dig in. So they both reach for the same uh, piece of tofu, I think. And then they're just staring at each other. And then she turns around and goes, oh, oh, my God. God, I, I can't believe you guys didn't tell me before. There's no eggs in the sukiyaki. <laughs> I'm going to run to the store and be right back. And Icky <laughs> has this great splash screen that I'm sending over in the Discord here. <laughs> he just looks confused and says, eggs? Um. <laughs> uh. And then, yeah, so she runs off to go buy more eggs. 
And that's when Victor and him, you know, have a heart to heart ideologies. This is this is their Gundam moment. <laughs> yeah. we. Before oh, we get back into um, the episode real quick. I mean, this is subtext, right? <laughs> this is straight up subtext. Yeah. Yeah, this is straight up. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way this is not meant to be like a, a joke that's supposed to go over the kid's head. Uh, Which is especially why, like, Icky's got this face and they're letting it rest on the word eggs. It's gotta be. Yeah. They put the word eggs on screen. Like, they've, yes, this is a joke that's meant for kids not to get. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Do we want to get into Gundam time? Is it Gundam time, Mitch? Yeah, I get. I guess. Um, <laughs> if we have to do Gundam, yeah. we might as well do a good Gundam like Metabots. Yeah. Uh, so they're stuck alone, um, and Icky takes, you know, gets over the awkwardness and starts to call out Victor for working at the Rubber Robos. Uh, you know, they're evil. Uh, he's got to know what he's doing to other people by stealing, uh, these, these, these medals and ruining friendships. Um, and, you know, how can he live with himself doing that? Um, and Victor stonewalls Icky over it, uh, saying that metabots are just tools, and so which, uh, brings up the fact that Icky's, yeah. Uh, he goes, a metabot is nothing but a tool. Warbonnet quietly turns, looks at him, and then turns back to Icky. <laughs> like, yeah. making a big show of him going, all right, I, okay, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> to Icky's enraged by this and screams at him. Yeah. How could you say that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, God. Uh, and uh, this is when Victor brings up the fact that Icky is too young to re- to have been around during the 10 days of darkness. Um, and this is where we get the Victor flashback, the, the Victor backstory, um, the tragic uh, Victor origin. Um, during the 10 days of darkness, it wasn't just, you know, a rampage or a riot where the, where the championship was happening. It was all over the world. And we cut to the town that he grew up in Kenya that's burnt down. Um, his uncle is lying shot in the street. Uh, and you know, he asks where his parents are and he runs into his house and his house is just destroyed and filled with like explosions. It's on fire. There's, uh, and his parents are nowhere. There are blatant bullet holes everywhere. Like yeah. blatant. And he, yeah. he, in the sub, he's like, don't tell me my parents are like dead. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in, in the, uh, in the dub, they have to like, once the flashback is over, he says, and my family has been missing ever since, which is a, you know, a good cover, but, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> before that we get a, uh, uh, was the, was this war bandit teal in your version as well? Yeah. Which is a good look. I'm going to okay. say like, yeah, it, it gets well, rid of um, a lot of I the weirdness, think... I think. Um, I think this is probably a reference to the, like, the baby blue helmets that, uh, um, uh, United Nations, like, uh, forces wear when, when they, you know, go stomp through third world countries and, uh, you know, you know, basically put them under martial law. I think, uh, there is no way this is not no, supposed to be at least like a tangential reference. You're to right. <laughs> and we'll get into why you're right here in a second. Yeah. Um, because this uh, this this teal war bandit comes up behind him and kind of squares off, we see its eyes go red, and we're kind of zoomed in on its face as nope. we get like a uh, straight up like uh, well we do we do get a strobe flash from its eyes and we hear a yell. 
I understand they things might be different in the in the sub where you can show a thing shooting at a child in a war zone. <laughs> yeah, we do not zoom in. Instead, we see two arms uh, covered in uh, Gatling guns rise up to the bottom of the screen and start spinning, and then bullets fly out at Victor. Oh God! This you know uh, a child Victor. Metabots is here. Yeah, a child Victor. Hey, He's a cute kid. Um, uh, <laughs> war is bad. Wow cool robot yeah <laughs> it's all right there <laughs> they had one scene that said everything yeah it's they they laid it all out uh um, and when we come back uh, come back uh he's kind of like you know uh he continued to row battle because that's the only skill that he had to use that was the only thing that life would offer him and allow him to do still and so he's just been row battling for money ever since and uh metabots are a tool for him to be able to survive uh and you know the rubber robos they're simply the highest bidder <laughs> he mentions it's ironic that uh the thing that destroyed his life are also what he uses to survive he says that in both the sub and the yeah. dub, which is really nice. Yeah. So here's why you're right about the UN. Uh, in the in the sub, he mentions he doesn't know how he survived. He blacked out after getting shot. When he woke up, his country is in the yeah. middle of a civil war, and he became recruited by the Metabots Corp, uh, the um, Metabots Corps, and it started working for them yeah. as a like a super soldier. And he rose through the ranks and became such a big meta fighter that uh, now he's a world champion and he sells his abilities to whoever wants them. But like, God, this show fucking rules. <laughs> he's, he's a high ranking Metabots core member as well. Now, at the least originally, they don't say whether or not he's still with the organization, but it's not hard to believe he's still with the organization. But yeah, so this military group was in his city originally, destroyed it, and then recruited... <laughs> recruited this child to become a child soldier and eventually just a regular soldier <laughs> and now he's too powerful yeah, and working you know. with an evil organization what a good yeah you know he went for full this gundam <laughs> yeah oh man god. uh and then uh you know oh god uh <laughs> war bandit is still completely silent we get so many good looks at war bandit and war bandit looking at people like we really get the feeling that like you know war bandits probably not i it, it it would be too tight and clean if like the metal in war bandit is the is the metal of of the the war bandit that tried to kill him during the 10 days of darkness or whatever oh you know it is but like i definitely think that <laughs> it it absolutely even is. if it wasn't like like I war bandit still like understands that, you know, yes, he, uh, uh, you know, his kind basically destroyed all of, and, uh, and even if it wasn't his fault, even if it, if it wasn't his decision, if he was taken over by, uh, the control of someone else to the metaphors or whatever that like still it's, it is a painful thing for him to be around, uh, of, of you know victor and uh it's probably why that he's so willing to just kind of like if if victor wants him to be there he'll be there and he'll be silent and he'll be supportive in the ways that he can be to like atone for for guilt that he has and it's just it, oh man uh what what a suddenly intense show uh, yeah except uh, so like um 
this brings into light, you know, last episode, he's like, oh, you know, forgive his actions. He's pitiable. Yeah. Okay. He's got a bad backstory, but he's actively working for another worldwide genocide. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, oh, I don't care about their intentions, dude. Last time they took control, you know, like two months ago, the same thing happened for like an hour or yeah. two, but like, that's still bad. And you're working directly for that to happen again. <laughs> At some point in time, you know, Victor's going to snap paycheck, out of it paycheck, and become an baby. ally. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. But like, in the meantime, well, yeah. Woof. Well, I guess, I guess the, the, the other part to that is, uh, you know, uh, he continues to call out Icky for living in a wealthy, well, like, right, you know, cushy world. Right before You know, then. he has his mom who dotes on him constantly. He always has food when he needs it. And he doesn't understand how hard it is for other people in the world to live. And I think that's why he's probably fine with the rubber robos doing whatever they're doing, because he's like, whatever, they're stomping through Japan. That's like, that's a first world nation. Like, you know, uh, this is... We don't have any kind of backstory as to whether or not he's using this money to help out people in other parts of the world, but I could definitely see why he's jaded to not really mm-hmm. care. He's still a bad guy over it, but like, I get the motivation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Meta goes, you know, it's not fault where he was born. And even here, there are sad things and difficulties that we overcome together, which is nice. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, like, yeah, he just tears him. He's like, you eat like this. You're pampered. You know, you live with everything yeah. you could ever want. You're a spoiled brat. And Icky takes it to heart. This is yeah. the first time Icky recognizes, you know, his station in life. Um, yeah. But before all this happens, Victor gives us some lore that they just say, and then they just drop it. It's an open secret that a country created metabots to be weapons, but that country no longer exists. Oh, we didn't get that in the tough. <laughs> I'm like, Japan. Japan created that, created metabots. Well, because a Japanese we guy don't who know lived, that. yeah, we do. The Japanese guy who uh, did all the metal discovery with Aki lived in Japan. He lived down the road. Aki, who started the Metabot Corporation, That's lived in true. Japan. And uh, the secret tunnel, uh, the secret underground pyramid base with all the ancient drawings, was right around the corner. <laughs> it's just outside of town. That's true. Maybe I, I guess maybe he's explicitly referencing the original Metabot civilization. That, it, that that's yeah. who created Metabots, and now that that country is gone, it no longer exists. Yeah, uh, sure, w- which makes sense. I, but I guess we'll see how it pans out. Yeah, it's just a wild thing to say, and then immediately stop it. Yeah, and then start going on about well, class. You know, uh, yeah. Oh man, I mean, much like Doctor Aki, you know, bury the lead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. Eventually, like they, it's clear that you know this discussion isn't it isn't going to go anywhere, and so Victor and War Bandit say that they're going, or Victor says he's going to leave and leaves with War Bandit. Um, and a few moments later, uh, Mrs. Tenrio arrives back with more groceries to find uh, the the uh, heart pajamas folded up uh, at the at the the you know the entryway to the the house. Is Victor just butt ass naked out there? Okay, so in the dub. He's either butt naked or he met with Miss Tenrio naked to get his clothes. Yeah. Or Mrs. Tenrio had already finished, like, uh, getting the clothes ready and laid them out near the exit because she wanted to see him change and get butt naked in, yeah. in the hallway. Yeah. Uh, and she obviously must have met him while he was changing then. If she he was leaving the entryway, he, she came in the entryway and that's where his clothes were. Like, a tender kiss well, goodbye, no, I guess. She was obvious. She was... 
in in the dub, she explicitly talks as if she's like disappointed that she missed him. Yeah, well, that she missed Victor. Yeah, Lang. but like, yeah. that's just a cover, baby. <laughs> the <laughs> the Tenrios have one door in their house, and it's the front door. He she yeah. would have passed by him. Um, in the sub, obviously, she went to go get eggs, um, more eggs at least. Uh, it comes back. Yeah, and she's like, "Did he leave?" Icky, why did you let him leave? He was supposed to stay here. Icky, why did you let him leave? And then it just zooms in on Icky's face as he looks distraught. Originally, I thought because, you know, Victor just yelled at him for, you know, class stuff. But now, yeah. maybe he's just distraught because he realizes what's going on between his mom and Victor. Because <laughs> she was, like, generally kind of upset that Victor is gone now. <laughs> this episode has it all it does it really does uh oh man uh so uh we do cut over still in this night we have uh koji and similodon meditating in the shrine but uh koji kind of like you know comes out of it to to say a few words karen taps him on the shoulder with a wooden sword to focus him i think i think this is specifically like She's, she isn't there to threaten him with a sword. I think they're specifically doing, like, a a, a certain form of Zen meditation mm-hmm. because, like, you don't get a good look at Karen's outfit, but she kind of appears to have this kind of, um, this black, like, uh, sash or something on, mm-hmm. which I think is supposed to be, like, it, it's reminiscent of a specific kind of, like, outerwear that a zen priest would wear and like uh you know um doing doing meditation and having some like a, a facilitator facilitator walking around with like a bamboo or like a wooden sword to be able to like touch you on the shoulder or like touch you on the leg or something when you're not focusing to help you acknowledge that you're not focusing so then you can then refocus is a common thing yeah she um, straight up says focus more, you broke yeah. your concentration <laughs> in the sub yeah uh, so yeah, uh, totally, totally normal, cool thing that they're doing. Love to see it. Um, uh, and, uh, Simulodon promises that he's going to fight till the better end to, to win with the team. They're going to do it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a good scene. We cut to the park and this yeah. is a better scene. <laughs> uh, Sam and Peppercat have a cardboard cutout of Victor that they're getting ready to train against in the middle of the night. And start doing, uh, getting ready for their Space Metafighter X entrance. Also, Sloane has a, uh, cutout of Victor in the park and is about to start doing his Space Metafighter X entrance. And Spike is in the park with a cutout of, of Victor ready to do his Space Metafighter X entrance. And we get them entering all at once without realizing the other two are there. We have the Space Screws X. They all realize that they're also here and also think they're going to be Space Metafighter X and start to kind of collide with each other so, and fight over who was going to be Space Metafighter X. So, this is the best thing in the world. So they do this big attack. Where they each say something and then they spin and then they bump butts to each other. Um, yeah. In the, in the sub, they're like super space galactic boomerang doomerang, blah 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 boomerang doomerang. I I lost it. Yeah. Uh, in the sub, it is space galactica boomerang metarotter corkscrew essential fantasy X. Hell yeah! And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then meanwhile, we- the Phantom Thief retort. <laughs> bikes by with his groceries and yells at them that they they don't have to worry they've selected somebody else to be space fighter metafighter x for the finals and then he waves kindly 
rings his bell a couple times and pedals off. Now, in the dub, he laughs as well, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> but in the sub, it's just a very casual. He goes, ah, kids, hey, so the roles tomorrow has already been given to somebody else. Good night. Bye. And then ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We, uh, he went grocery shopping, presumably at a convenience store in that mask and outfit. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah. Uh, who who knows? Maybe he stole it. We don't know. <laughs> he stole two leaks and whatever else is in that bag. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, we cut over to Icky and Metabi, who are psyching each other up about how uh, they've got to win tomorrow because they have to win back everyone's medals. And we start getting like a cool kind of punchy background music. We're going to win kind of thing. Miss Tenryo was staying up all night to make breakfast for Icky. So he's he's fueled and fired up for tomorrow. Uh, you know, um uh, Arika's in the, it's looking at photos of Icky and Metabi and Belmont, uh, and, you know, thinking <laughs> about how, you know, they've, she's, she's going to be there to cheer him on. Belmont is praying in the hospital, uh, and Victor looks up at the moon silent. <laughs> it, it is so good. Um, the one line that really stood out for me was, um, uh, so Icky's bummed and doesn't know if it's the right thing to win. And Metabi goes, you know, you're an idiot. Victor sucks. And he goes, yeah, that's right. No matter what his past, we can't forgive what he's done. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah Icky. That's a Gundam line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, Arika's looking at her best friend, her other best friend, and this boy that she met two days ago who's dying. Yeah. He's a very beautiful boy, and he is dying. <laughs> yeah. And then we end the show with three Victor Moon, and I love it. Yeah. Uh, well, we do. We do cut to the finals. Um, everyone's here. Uh, even coaches in a Hakama mm-hmm. cheering on alongside uh, the the principal. Um, the team steps out of their limo. Uh, Karen and Rika wish them well and say that they'll be cheering them on from the front row. Uh, they head in. Everyone's squaring off, and we just kind of end on the rubber robos monologuing evilly about how they're going to get that medal and they're going to take over the world. <laughs> I love this show. We we've been going. Oh, where's the screw? Or where's the screws? Where are um, the rubber robos doing all this stuff? I love it. Like their, their big plan is like, all right, what if we just take over a giant world right organization and then use that to steal the same thing we've been trying to steal? <laughs> Which is, <laughs> if they could just do this, you know, they don't necessarily need. All right, all right, okay, okay. This is good. I love it. I can't wait to see what happens these next couple episodes. We only have a few episodes oh, of this show. It's going to be great. Um, yeah. Which um, I guess means we need people to start sending in questions, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We should start calling for that now. Um, we, we are going to probably, we're thinking about taking a month off after we finish this season, right? Yeah. Yeah. A month off to, yeah. to figure um, out we, yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. I think, I think we're definitely probably going to do season mm-hmm. three slash uh, Metabots Damashi. Uh, but you know, I think we earned a break. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, we should be recording the final episode. Um, let's see. We have what two left. Uh, yeah, we have two more episodes. Plus, uh, I think we're to do with, we talked about doing a season finale episode after this, the, yeah. Cause yeah, we got cause, four episodes. We are, we're not going to have this. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to have the the uh issue where um uh fucking um 
uh, we have one episode mm-hmm. left in the season or whatever, like we did with season one. Uh, so yeah, we'll probably do um, uh, the f- the we'll cover the final two episodes. I believe we'll record that on the seventh, uh, which means that. Um, the 14th is when we'll be recording kind of like a wrap-up, I guess, for the first two seasons of Metabots. So make you sh- make sure you get your questions in by then. Uh, it should be a good time. Uh, we will continually plug that and uh, tweet about it, I guess, uh, as as we get closer to that date. I'm excited. The, yeah. like, the, <laughs> the attachment I've gotten to this show since our last season finale has only grown. Which is oh, wild, yeah. considering the first oh, man. half of this season for us were from last season, and also very rocky. But yeah, yeah, like it. Oh, it's such a good show. Metabots is good. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> um. Speaking of good stuff, uh, Mitch, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at Big Bad Beetle Boy on Twitter. Um, I tweet things on Twitter sometimes, regrettably, and uh, that's probably the best place to contact me. Colin, yeah. where can people find you? What else do you do? Uh, uh, you can find my public Twitter account at Pagetish. That's P-A-D-G-E-T-T-I-S-H. Uh, you can find my private Twitter account, and maybe I'll let you follow me if you're cool, uh, at P-A-D-G-E-T-T-E-S-Q-U-E. That is the first time I've gotten it right. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can also find the other show that I do, Commonwealth Climate Talks, uh, where I talk to people working in uh, environmental activism and environmental justice in Virginia. Um, yeah. Uh, you can also find the show at MetaWatch and at MetaRotch. Uh, you know, thank you for gifting the show, uh, Mitch. It's always great stuff. Uh, I have a Twitter column entirely uh, just for 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 these gifts. Uh it's so good. Uh, that, I just I'm I am currently looking at uh, Space Karen X right now, and she's just perfect. I love her. <laughs> so um, in my gift folder, which I um, I have some of the raw gifts that you know I cut down and everything, plus some of the final ones I ended up posting. There are 579 gifts from this show in there. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I uh, I love doing it. It is. Um, it's really nice to kind of slow down with the show and pick apart 15 second intervals of uh, good animation or just funny things that I can crop out. <laughs> it, it really uh, yeah. lets me slow down because I watch these shows. Um, I was originally watching uh, my first pass through original speed and then everything else super fast speed. I don't do that anymore. I only watch this show <laughs> super fast speed, <laughs> both the sub and the dub. <laughs> and I have to go back. I don't know how you do it. I have to go back and watch it slower, Every, yeah. just just in case, just to pull something out, um, like that that pause uh, Sea Slug does when Caviar calls his name. Yeah, watching it so fast, it was just a like it almost looked like an animation error. So I had to go back and make yeah. sure it was long enough. Oh, an animation error like Koji vibrating on the ground that you found. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> There's very few of them in a show All like right, this. Well. Yeah, it is beautifully animated. Um, you know what's still not beautiful, though, uh, Mitch? We still don't know how to end the show. Metabot!